Hey, this is Pam Perry. Welcome back to the Get Out There, Get Known podcast. We have a great guest today, and I will tell you all about Drew McCaskill when we get back. Welcome to the Get Out There and Get Known podcast. Join Pam Perry, veteran PR strategist, Emmy award-winning producer and publisher of Speakers Magazine, who will show you how to crack the code in getting out there to get known. Each week, she either interviews her media friends, PR colleagues, or she just goes solo, offering you strategies on publicity, publishing, and platform building. So listen up to hear how to get booked on media places and on superstar stages. Now, here's your host, Pam Perry. Hey there, this is Pam Perry, and we have a guest today, a LinkedIn executive. He's a LinkedIn career expert there, and uh, he is also a contributor of uh, culture and economics for SiriusXM Radio. So you probably have heard him on different various shows, but you know, he is a Morehouse man and he actually has been in the stint of broadcast journalism. He's also been in print. He's been in PR. Actually, he was really just recently voted by PR Week, one of the top 40 under 40 as well. That's a big deal. And also, too, he has had some stints working with Coca-Cola and Time Warner. But one of the things that I really like about him, that he was a past president of Beepers. What is Beepers? Not those devices that we had back in the 90s. But it was the Black Public Relations Society, which was, uh, he did that in Atlanta. And he actually sits now on the board of PRSA, of Public Relations Society of America. And you know what? One of the things, too, he is an APR. And for those of you all who don't know what an APR is, that is an accredited public relations professional. That is an APR. So he has a lot of things that one of the things, too, he worked in China, I believe, or worked with Nielsen in China. He has had over 20 years experience. But today we're going to really talk about how do you use LinkedIn in order to get media exposure? People sleep on LinkedIn. And I talk about LinkedIn all the time because it is my favorite platform. I'm everywhere. I'm on Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, all these other ones, but LinkedIn is by far my favorite. So with that, I'm going to bring up Drew McCaskill. Oh my God. So from ATL to New York City, uh, well, actually from Mississippi to ATL to New York City, but did you have stints in China in between? So yeah, uh, Pam. First of all, I I love what you do, and I'm so excited to uh, to be here and to talk to you. And so my my journey has been has been a zigzag, right? I uh, started my career in Atlanta. You talked about that. I went to Morehouse. Shout out to Morehouse College and HBCUs, and um, I w- was working in in PR firms and worked in PR mostly for um in tech, financial services, tech for almost 15 years, you know, took companies public, I mean, took them private after I took them public, launched, you know, hundreds of uh, financial services, technology companies and solutions, went to Emory University, got my MBA. I decided not to go the master's in journalism route that a lot of PR folks um, 
uh, typically went. I already knew I was a great writer. I already knew I could do I could do PR extremely well. I understood relationship management. What I didn't um, really understand as well as I wanted to was all the other things in the in the business ecosystem. Right. I knew that if I was going to be a true trusted advisor to to CEOs, or if I was going to rise up the ranks and do you know chief communications officer, potentially CMO at some point, I needed additional training in the things that I didn't have experience in. So I got the MBA from a top business school. Emory University, Cosweta um, Business School down in Atlanta. And then I got recruited to go to Weber Shanwick as a senior vice president in the corporate practice out of New York. Uh, right. Left it there. That's right there. Yeah. Shanwick has very few executives that are people of color. Yeah. And for those of you all who are in the PR field, know that that's one of the top PR firms in the country. So go on, continue. continue. Yeah, Weber was Weber was good for me. Um, was good for my career. But you're right; there were not a lot of black executives at Weber, and not definitely not at the senior vice president um, level where I was. And um, I got recruited to be deputy comms chief over at Nielsen, and that was a great experience. I ended up um, about three years in. I was, you know, global communications. We represented. Uh, we were in 106 countries around the world. I was senior vice president of global communications, operating really as chief as a deputy comms chief, and I was putting like 120,000 miles a year uh, on Delta, flying all over the all over the world because we were operating in all these places. And I did a lot of crisis management. You know, we had you know, 50,000 employees at the time. And a lot of stuff can go on when you operate in 106 countries around the world with 50,000 employees. And then um, <clears throat> one of the executives said, hey, if you want the big chair, um, the reality is, is that all the other executives here have done stints ex-US. They've done leadership stints outside of the US. And there's an opportunity. We want you to go to Shanghai, live in Shanghai, and um, and sort of revamp out the way communications is run in Shanghai and for Greater China. At that time, China was one of our top markets, one of the most um, lucrative markets for our business at that time. And I was like, yo, you do know that you're asking me to go um, <clears throat> completely reorg the communications function in greater China. And I don't speak Mandarin. Right. And so they were like, we believe that you can do it. And I was like, wow, you believe I can do it. Maybe I can. Yeah. I sent my dog to Mississippi um, because he was old and couldn't make a trip to Shanghai. And then I spent a year in Shanghai and I um, I reorged our comms function in for Greater China, which for us was Hong Kong, mainland China, and Taiwan. Uh, we can have drinks one day, and I can talk to you about what happens when you are operating in China and you accidentally call Taiwan a country as opposed to a territory. Um, and uh, but I, <laughs> but I did I did what I needed to do. I came back, and then I got you know I got asked to take over um, the function for. U.S. consumer marketing. I believed at the time that uh, people of color and people um, and people from the LGBTQ community were the future of this country and from a consumer base and um, made the case to put our entire U.S. Uh, consumer marketing budget into multicultural um, consumers. And the rest is history. I got a chance to work with uh, incredible folks there. And then I got recruited to 
Facebook. I managed um, the diversity and inclusion function for global communications policy and marketing at Facebook for a while and then got recruited to come to LinkedIn, which is my favorite social media platform, as you said earlier. You and call that- it the grown folks Facebook, right? Grown <laughs> folks, indeed. I love it. And that's 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 my long-winded story, Pam. I love it. We you have a friend, Cedric Brown. He's also a fellow APR. He says, "Hey, you know, know know you two very well." So yes, said um, Cedric did an incredible piece. Um, around um around during pride one year and asked me about uh pride and um it's in what it was like to be both unapologetically black and unapologetically uh queer in corporate america and uh people still ask me about that article all the time so shout out to cedric and the team for for one caring about uh people and their diverse backgrounds but also doing such a great job in writing that piece that is so cool. Thank you, Cedric. Thank you. So one of the things that I want to say that this show primarily is for people who want to get out there and get known. Yeah. And they're doing the work on the ground. Primarily, they're speakers and authors. And they want to know how to get this PR. They want to know how to get on Sirius XM. They want to know how to get, you know, just press, period. And yeah. so one of the things that I always tell people, I said, before they even put you on their uh, platform or even have you in on their outlet, they look at you and they Google you. Yep. And I say, one of the first things that comes up is your LinkedIn profile. They were like, oh, I haven't done anything with LinkedIn in a while. I'm like, yeah, that's the problem. Yep. So, tell people why they need a robust LinkedIn profile. And also too, I like the way you do the, uh, you pronounce your name too. Yeah. LinkedIn profile as well. So kind of tell people about the new bells and whistles and why they need a LinkedIn profile. Sure. So here's the thing that I think that that folks don't always recognize about LinkedIn is that LinkedIn is the only social media platform that was literally created to connect people to economic opportunity. And so our our thinking, if if you're talking about, hey, I'm going to go on LinkedIn and I'm going to be a creator, LinkedIn is the perfect place for people in the professional world to go and showcase their work. Let me give you an example, just to put that in perspective. I talk a lot to African-American communities, right? Um, it's, uh, it's still Black History Month, so I'm gonna talk about Black folks for a couple seconds, right? African-Americans make up 14% of the US population, but we make up 28% of the active conversations on Twitter. We over-index on so many social media platforms, right? We make it hot in every arena where we go. Black Twitter, Black TikTok. Black Twitter, Black TikTok, all of those things, right? Here's what I will say about why I think LinkedIn is really is a really interesting um, platform and why I came to work at LinkedIn. LinkedIn is the only social media platform that was created to connect people to economic opportunity. Every 15 seconds, someone gets a job on LinkedIn. Every 15 seconds. 15 seconds. Every 15 seconds, someone gets a job on LinkedIn. 6,000 people a day get a job on LinkedIn. Imagine if African-Americans over-indexed on a platform that was created for economic opportunity, right? And so we don't think about um, at LinkedIn, the difference between us and those other platforms is that on LinkedIn, it's not about creation for entertainment. No. You can go get that anywhere, right? For us, it's about creation for economic opportunity. That's what we're about. Yeah. So when you when you're 
thinking, how am I going to spend my time today? Or my, what am I going to update? Think about this, updating on a platform that's not just about conversations, but it's about conversations about how do you get to the money, right? Mm-hmm. And that's not, and so people won't, I won't say, oh, well, Drew, I already got a job, right? Connecting to economic opportunity is not just about the job you have today, but it's also about if you're an entrepreneur, we have pages, we have service pages on LinkedIn where you can put, where you can um, talk about your side hustle. If you're a freelance writer, if you're a speaker, if you have a book, all of those things, and you have a nine to five, you can showcase both. You can create, you can create a service page for the people who are out looking for your service or your product or your freelance work, right? Mm-hmm. That's the difference and that's the nuance that we're that we're we're talking about as it relates to LinkedIn. Here's the other thing that I think is really interesting too, Pam, is that um, there are ways that you can rock your profile is kind of the way I think about it, right? Okay. I think that there are a couple of there are a couple of pro tips. Have a great photo on your LinkedIn profile, right? Like, you know. Well, I will, listen, listen, I will say this, Drew. Yeah. Black people will get them photos. Okay? Oh, yeah. So we will get nothing else. We're going to do that photo shoot. They will Nails done, get, hair done, everything yeah, did, the right? Photo shoot, the photos are always good. It's like, let's get the copy together, okay? Yeah. You know, I will say this, though. There's sometimes, sometimes we'll, we'll, I'll run up on somebody who does not have, who, who thinks, oh, well, I've got to go out and get a, um, a professionally done photo. You can still, I would say, as long as you don't have the, you shouldn't have any beach selfies unless you're a surf instructor, right? Yeah, so let's just do on. that, yeah. right? <laughs> but I do think that, you know, having a great, uh, having a great picture really matters, right? The other thing that I would say is work your network on, on LinkedIn is that when you think of all the connections that you have on Twitter and on Facebook and how you're constantly curating that and following and following and following, right? Think about um, people that you used to work with. People that you went to undergrad with or you went to school with for people who didn't go to college, people that um, people in your community that you that you have relationships with, I think. Or if you're in a fraternity or sorority, those are people that you should be connecting with. You're seven times more likely to get a job when you know somebody at that particular company. So if you're looking for a job or you're looking for an opportunity or if you want to say, I want to go speak at Salesforce, right? I want to talk about my book at AT AT&T. What I would do is start to one, follow those companies and think, who do I know at those companies? I'm going to renew those connections. And here's the deal is to don't just like click and say, okay, I'm going to ask them for a connection, send a note and say, Hey, you know, remind them how you know each other. Haven't spoken since we since we both worked at Coca Cola. Haven't spoken since our uh, our days stepping on campus. Would love to reconnect, and then add a little bit of specificity to it. Let people know what it is that you like to chat about. Right? Like busy people need specificity. So I always say, remind people, hey, haven't worked together since we were at Coke. Um, I'm really interested in transitioning from you know, Bev alcohol industry to maybe the tech industry. I saw you did that. Would love to chat about that, right? All of those things will elevate the conversation from, oh, just a 
a click and a connect to now we're relationship building. Now we're networking, right? All of those things matter. One of the things that I like about the LinkedIn is the newsletter feature. So Absolutely. I have a weekly newsletter. So let me tell you how I do my newsletter. I love the newsletter feature. So the newsletter is called Get Out There, Get Known. I was approved to do the newsletter. And so now the Get Out There, Get Known newsletter is basically the show notes from the podcast with the video from the podcast and all of the other information that goes. In. And it's like, it's a way to really get the podcast out as a weekly newsletter, but it's really the newsletter within LinkedIn that goes into the message box and goes into the email. And when I tell you that when I started the newsletter, it was like, okay, hit send. And next thing I know, the next day it had 5,000 subscribers. Yeah. I was like, what? And then the, the views or the, the subscribers for the podcast increased as well. And I was like, no other platform does that. No other platform. My daughter finds all her jobs on LinkedIn. So my first job out of college was working at a newspaper in the classified department. Okay. So that's like dead, right? So we don't have classified departments anymore like, like we used to. So she's graduating from Michigan State. Her first job she finds at Shift Digital. Next job she finds at Mars Advertising, all on LinkedIn. And and so I asked her the other day. I said, "What you know? Can you contact Michigan State? I'd like to um, get an intern for the company." And she says, "Just go on LinkedIn." I was like, "Really?" She says, "Yeah, just do it on LinkedIn." And it was just like so natural for her to just say that, like, "Duh, do it on LinkedIn." I'm like, "Oh my God, LinkedIn is everything." <laughs> like why did i think of that so how do people when, when you're seeing people who are finding jobs mm -hmm. um, they'll say either one or two things said submit the resume or basically what she says is she just submits her entire linkedin profile yeah listen i think here's there are a couple things that i've been a while so i don't know what that's about <laughs> yeah listen there are a couple of things that that people can always do in and that is your four times um um, when you, when you're looking for a job, one, think about who do you know who may work at that particular company, right? You reach out to that person and, and make sure that they know that you're looking, that you're looking for, for a role in that particular, at that particular company. I would say the other thing uh, that's really, really important to do is make sure that your summary and your, and your LinkedIn profile lists your skills, lean into your skills and the things that you do better than anybody else, because that's what, that's what number one employers are looking for. They want to know what your superpower in action looks like, right? I'm a great writer. I'm a great project manager. I'm a great people manager, right? All of those things you should have in your summary up top on your LinkedIn profile for two reasons. One, because that's where people are going to automatically go to see who you are. And then they're going to scroll down to see where you've worked and what you've done. But the other thing is, is that you want algorithms that recruiters are using to pick up on words that are in your profile that are also in the job descriptions that they're looking for. Yeah, so you yeah. need to make sure that your summary lists the types of words and the types of skills in your summary and in your profile that are matching up with the skills that recruiters are looking for for the type of work that you want. Right. So that's number one. That's a pro tip. You want to make sure that you're that you focus in on skills. Educational attainment is great, but your skills are what the algorithms are looking for. Mm. So those things are important. The other thing I would say 
if you're looking for if you're looking for a job on LinkedIn is you is for me, I love job alerts. Job alerts are amazing because it's a it's an easy LinkedIn feature that you can turn on where you can go in and you can go into it and you can set up a profile to say, I'm looking for um, I'm looking for jobs in this industry, this type of title, even in this geography. And you set that up and every time a recruiter posts a job that matches the criteria that you have set up, you get an email directly into your inbox that says a job just posted that looks like a type of job that you're looking for. Job alerts allow you to look for a job while you're eating, while you're sleeping, while you're working at your current job, all of those things. Right. And so that's a great way for you to do it. Here's a pro tip on that, though, is that it really is a first in first scene type situation. So when you get that job alert into your email inbox, go ahead and reach out to that recruiter as soon as possible, because those recruiters are also getting um, responses back from other people who may have job alerts set up. Mm -hmm. So being responsive is a pro tip that is really, really important in the industry right now. Being responsive to recruiters, high, high demand, the only other thing I would say is that LinkedIn has another feature that is called open to work. Now, you can go on the platform and you can click that you're open to work and you can do it in stealth mode where only recruiters will see that you're open to work okay. or you can be very or you can have um, do it <clears throat> in full mode where the there's a little open to work ring that's around your profile picture and there is no shame in being open to work there's this is not the workforce of the old days where you where everybody says well you got to have a job to get a job right or you or you don't want to you don't want to look like you're hungry or you're thirsty looking for a job there are millions of open jobs out there right now that people are trying to fill knowing that you're open to work says to a recruiter, here's somebody that I can reach out to. They're going to be responsive, right? And so hashtag open to work, if you do it in stealth mode or if you do it in the mode that turns it on the ring around your profile, you are automatically bumped to the top of many recruiters lists because a lot of recruiters go into LinkedIn and say, show me the people who are open to work first. Wow, right. That is, the, oh my gosh, that is, those algorithms, I'm telling you, so all your background in terms of marketing, communications, working with the tech companies, you, you can talk all this speak, right, and the MBA. So this is one of the things. What do you think about really quick uh, face, um, LinkedIn groups? So yeah. LinkedIn groups, I'm in a few. I'm in one, you know, Black enterprise group and that sort of thing. So how do people who are trying to, you know, like you said, it's an economic platform and you're trying to really increase your business or increase sales or whatever, how do you use the LinkedIn groups? Yeah, I think your LinkedIn, your LinkedIn groups are a great way for you to get additional information or insights about things that are happening and about opportunities. I always like to make sure that my that my LinkedIn groups know one, what I'm good at and what I'm looking for. Sometimes I'm looking for information, like I'm always looking for new insights on how to reach out to um, underrepresented groups. Where, What are y'all hearing about where are younger people getting news and information, right? right? Because so much of what I do is about community engagement. It's about consumer engagement. 
I also like to lean into my groups for what's happening in in our um, in our profession. So I'm in uh, community. I'm in um, LinkedIn groups for. Uh, public relations professionals and and communications professionals. I'm in LinkedIn groups for specifically for people of color who are in those industries. I'm in LinkedIn groups that are very specific to tech, like black in tech and out in tech, et cetera, because I'm looking for, you know, insights from those groups and, and to meet people who are, who will help me expand my network. Yeah. I want to I want to use groups as an opportunity to expand my network. And those groups are oftentimes great for me understanding what people are interested in, who's got who's using um, who's using tools really well. You talked about um, you talked about newsletters. And I think that for every single one of the folks who are who are um, listening to your podcast that are thinking about how do I differentiate myself? How do I use content that I've already created to then make that every piece of that content work harder for me? That's where things like newsletters come in. That's where things like sharing video on platform comes in. Um, If you've got great video content, do a short form post and then upload that video content. That's how people who are looking for you that's how you gain followers but what you're doing with newsletters um is exactly what so many creators are doing there are people who have taken their content that they've done on linkedin and increased their speaking engagements exponentially there are people who have you um who have gotten seen for book deals right if you've got a book out there's a um, I'm going to talk about Minda because I love her. She's a really good friend of mine. Heart, yes. But Minda, who's written now these these two, now three, really incredible books. But she was always an early LinkedIn, like active LinkedIn user. Mm-hmm. And her LinkedIn live series for Secure the Seat is incredibly popular on our platform. It's one of, it is incredibly popular. And it was so popular that we made her a LinkedIn 2020 top voice. And that's another instance of like, we're thinking we definitely want to make sure that we're amplifying, you know, we're amplifying uh, black voices on our platform. We're always looking for a diverse range of topics and content across all industries. So we want to know, how you're building community. We want people who are willing to share advice, mm-hmm. people who are giving unique perspectives and who are thinking about how do we connect people to opportunity and allow them to be successful in their careers. If you're ever wondering what type of content performs really well on LinkedIn, what type of content like makes the bells ring on our algorithms, sharing professional expertise or skills in a digestible way, right? Shorter form content or video content. That really works well on our platform. Um, short or long form reactions to um, to industry or business news. Uh, there was a um, Zing Shaw wrote this amazing piece about how the Rooney Rule is it working? Has it worked in the NFL? And there are all of these companies that have tried to emulate the Rooney Rule in their own operations in diversity, equity, and inclusion. Zing Shaw is one of the foremost. Um, 
voices on diversity, equity, and inclusion, former chief diversity officer at Starbucks and worked in and worked in sports. And she took what was happening in the zeitgeist and then added her commentary to it. Incredible success with that. Mm-hmm. I think the other thing too is celebrating accomplishments of other people you know or even asking for help and giving help to others right those are the types of things that perform really really well on our platform Mm -hmm. and i will say that even if you're say hey drew how do i get more attention with the articles that i post i'm doing posts right and my posts will eventually be part of my newsletter Make sure you have a headline or a, a title that is clear, that's a clear call to action, or that is something that really, really resonates. Work on your headline just as hard as you work on your body content, and your headline will get it. I don't say lean into being salacious or, or clickbait. What right. I'm saying is make sure that your headline is meaty, that it's witty, that it makes sense, right? It says, I would take the time out of my day to read the article attached to this headline, right? I think that that's really important. Give people context and share your post, but give them in the short form, give them a little bit of context. What's the main takeaway from this piece? Why should somebody take time to read it? All of those things really, really matter. I would say add hashtags so the right people see it. If it's about equity, if it's about inclusion, add those hashtags. That's I follow hashtags. And I follow hashtags, right? So many of us do. Um, And then focus on the conversation. Ask your readers to engage, right? Get them to participate and they'll spread the word about your article. That's the thing is, even if you're even in your short form posts, ask people for a reaction. What do you think? Tell me what you think in the comments. Sometimes that's the difference between you have you having, you know, five comments or you having 50 comments, the difference between the algorithm then saying, people are reacting to this, let me bump it up a little bit higher so more people see it. It's a flywheel, like most algorithms are, right? And it's a social network. So it's it's basically talking about the networking skills that we all need to have, asking opinion, asking survey, asking for help, giving help, showing, being kind, uh, one of the things Minda is, is she's always kind. She doesn't treat them just as numbers. She's actually interacting. It's engagement. That's one of the key things. I had a client that just was like sleeping on LinkedIn, not really mm-hmm. really taking it to heart. So finally, she's a photographer, world-renowned photographer. She started pulling pictures out of the archives, and she's a journalism major, so she's a photojournalist. So she would write copy around photos. So Black History Month, she would put up pictures of Rosa Parks, and this she's official photographer, Monica Morton, yeah. for Rosa Parks. She got a call from Soledad O'Brien about actually including some of her photos in a documentary on Rosa Parks, right? Uh-huh. Because she pulled the pictures out of her computer and put them up on LinkedIn into that platform, not on yeah. the other platforms, but in LinkedIn, where the people from Soledad saw there and said, okay, you're, we're going to use this in a professional setting. It's good yeah. to have it on other platforms and you get the dopamine of the likes or whatever, but this is business. This so, is business. Yeah. This is business. So the people who have who have either the ability to influence a business decision or the people who are actually making the business decisions and can sign the contract and sign the check, those people are on LinkedIn and those people are easier to find on LinkedIn than they are to find anywhere else. When people come to LinkedIn, they come to LinkedIn for business. 
right? And so if you are about that business, this is a great place for you to, to come and have that conversation. You talked about um, <clears throat> you talked about groups earlier, and I just want to give you this um, this perspective about about how we think about groups and making connections, right? Member, if you've got members with at least thirteen connections from companies other than the company that they where they currently work, they're twenty two percent faster in transitioning to their next job. So just think about that. Even if you just need 13 connections that are outside of the company you work for today, you'll be 29 you'll be 29% faster in your job transition, right? Members who are part of at least one group on LinkedIn are 9% faster in transitioning to a job than those who are not members of any groups, right? Wow. Connections matter. Members who are who follow at least five companies on LinkedIn are seven percent faster in transitioning to their next job than the people who do not follow companies. And this is just simply about how networking works for mm -hmm. you. Mm -hmm. I had a one quick question, and then we're going to to wrap up, Drew. Yeah, promise you thirty minutes. So Tanya Andre asks. She says, "I do multiple things: uh, business CEO." Now, prophet CEO and a speaker. So she says, "How can my LinkedIn page and my posting not be all over the place?" Yeah, good question. And so here's the thing that I think that I would say is, um, have your LinkedIn profile, uh, but also have a service page that lists all of the things that you do that are sort of outside of your main your main nine to five money, right? Like all the other things, like if you're on a speaker circuit, if you have a book or if you have a side hustle, but then you have another job that's sort of your, your mainstay. And then think about what do you want to be known for? Those are the conversations that you should really dig in for, right? I always think about my personal brand is my superpower in action for what purpose? I know that my superpower is that I'm a storyteller in action. How am I using that superpower? And then to what purpose? I believe that I'm a great storyteller and my purpose is that I'm trying to make sure that consumers and employees have, re have reciprocity in their relationships with the people that they get and give money to. Right. And so consumers at when I was at Nielsen, roles change, missions don't. When I was at Nielsen, I was talking about how consumers um, can have more reciprocity in their relationships with brands, the people that they spend money with. You can Google me. You can Google my mentor in that work, Cheryl Grace. Um, and what we did was we talked about. Uh, the power, the economic power and the cultural impact of multicultural consumers. When I got when I'm here now at LinkedIn, I'm talking to people about how you have more equity in your relationship with the business world. How do you get information, share information? And so what I would say to so I would say to the person asking the question is, what is my superpower? For me, it's storytelling, it's communications, right? So a lot of my posts are gonna be about communications and action. A lot of my posts are gonna be about the work that I've done with my superpower. To what purpose? A lot of my posts are gonna be about how I'm using my talents, my gift, or my access 
for to impact a change. For a lot of people, that impact of change is going to be, I sell more stuff than anybody else because I'm a salesperson. Let me show you what, let me give you insights to being a great salesperson looks like. For me, a lot of that is going to be about communications, about storytelling, etc. <clears throat> so Mark asked, he said, you mentioned about a service page and she mentioned, she said, where is her service page located you're talking about just under experience it's just one of their pages correct is it show yeah <clears throat> yeah so you can create a service page when you when you go into your and when you go into your linkedin profile and um you start to you know create settings you can turn on a service page just like you can turn on open to work all of those things but i would say if you're looking for more information go to opportunity.linkedin.com and you can get a lot of information on how to create a service page you can get a lot of information on what are the top jobs that people are looking for right now you can get a lot of information on the skills that people are looking for now um, because we are championing skills-based hiring we truly believe that the world the world of work becomes more equitable when people start hiring based on skills not hiring based on oh you went to college with my homegirl or oh you have to have a a degree for this job where maybe all you need is certification or training or mm -hmm. skills. Mm -hmm. So I uh, love to hear what people think about that, but yeah. So say that website again, one more time. And then we're going to head out. Opportunity.linkedin.com. That's it. That's, that's what this, this show was all about, about really learning more economic opportunities. So make sure that you do that. Drew, thank you so much for joining. Get out there. This has been, you have dropped a lot. <laughs> that has been just golden just golden thank you so much for all that you're doing for the community and uh even for our industry as well for the pr industry as well you know keeping keeping things open for diversity in that space as well so thank you so much for joining us today god bless you god bless you thank you you've been listening to the get out there and get known podcast brought to you by pamperrypr.com where you'll get insider tips on how to build your platform, pitch the media, and promote yourself with confidence. Head over to PanPerryPR.com and get the exclusive video training on the seven must-have marketing materials you need before you pitch in order to be considered in media places or superstar stages. PanPerryPR.com, where you help you shine like a superstar. <laughs>